The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wildfong. I am joined today by special guest. He is WCG's lead draft analyst. You can find him on a draft wire as well. Jacob and Fonte, what's up, Jacob? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Lester. Uh, you know, like I just mentioned it's a busy, uh, busy time of year. Finally, wrapping up for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. Honestly, I finally get the chance to, you know, breathe a little bit and take things in at a casual pace. But you know, I'm doing good. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been fun. Just honestly, kind of digesting what's going on with this bears draft and the rest of this off season, being able to figure out, okay, these are the pl- people we have in place. What can we do from here? So uh, this is always the interesting time of year where you, you just kind of go into analysis mode. Like, okay, what's this going to look like? Who's going to take this step? What's this new scheme, this new system, everything. What's that all going to look like? Man, you killed it on the draft. I mean, you had the, the stuff, the pre-draft stuff, all the mocks. Of course you had the, uh, the, the, the film breakdown threads, you had stuff on the podcast, you were all over WCD. <laughs> Man, you killed it. I mean, it was let me ask you this did you expect any chance the Bears would end up with 11 draft picks when it was all said and done? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that they had like what six, I want to say. Started with uh, six, yeah, yeah, six heading into it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I expect Ryan Poles to trade back a little bit, but it almost got to the point of parity yeah. in day three, where oh, they move back again, and they keep moving back and farther and farther back, and I didn't have any complaints with that. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, from a Bears perspective, you get a lot of depth at you know important positions, but at the same time, for a draft analyst perspective. Uh, you get to go deeper and deeper into your playbook and, you know, pull out some stops of, Oh, okay. You know, I didn't talk a lot about this guy, but here, here's what I have on him and being able to help out people who have absolutely no idea who those guys are. So uh, I'm not complaining. I'm certainly not complaining. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of work on my end had to be done, but at the same time, I really can't complain all that much. Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go over guys that a lot of fans don't know a lot about. I mean, like when the draft is here, I mean, I know some of the top guys. You know, I, then when the draft happens, I kind of go through some film with some of the guys they've, they've selected. But then the undrafted free agent market comes in. The Bears had an initial class. They had the rookie minicamp, and they made, I think, like six or seven changes. So we're going to go through this list pretty much right down the list. It's, it's on the site now if you guys want to want to go there and, and, and jump on it and, and, and follow along. But we're going to start off with uh, with Florida offensive tackle 
and I believe his name is French, so it's Jean de Lance. Is, is that correct, Jacob? I it's either Delance or Delance. I know it's definitely okay. Jean. I know it's Jean, but it's French. Uh, I know I that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm frantically looking to find the pronunciation here, because <laughs> I've, I've seen it in writing dozens of times. It's tackle at Florida, but a lot of the a lot of the yeah. scouts have him at guard. Is that where you see him? You see him coming to the guard eventually? Uh I do, yeah. I think that you're looking at someone who you know, probably doesn't have the length parameters to play at tackle on a consistent basis. I mean, he's someone measured in around like six four, which tackles have played at six four, but that's not super common. Usually you're looking at six five and arms are, you know, they're not short in the grand scheme of things, but I think he's a guard uh, in, just in general. I think that you're looking at a lot of athleticism with him. You're watching someone on tape. He's his quick feet and pass protection. He's the type of guy I think he can fit well in a wide zone scheme. Uh, just, you know, as an effective down blocker, I think that's where he shines a lot on tape. Uh, I know a lot of people who have done even more work on him than I have really respect him. Uh, very, you know, well thought of as a person and as a player. Uh, I think that there's a little bit of concern with uh, just the technique in general. I think the hands can improve and uh, pad level shown some promise, but I think he's still a little bit of work in progress there. But yeah, I think that athletic tools are there. High character guy. I don't think he makes the active roster just because if you bring in literally four offensive line draft picks, the, uh, the odds are kind of stacked against you there, but I think that there's a legit shot that he can make it to the practice squad. He's a good player. Uh, he stuck around as a three-year starter at Florida, which is uh, one of the bigger programs out there. So I think he's a guy who can stick around in the organization for a while. Uh, what role that is, I really don't know, but I think that uh, I think he's certainly good enough to stick with the team for a bit. Well, that's 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 the key. I mean, these guys that are that are coming in, in in this way, you know, right now the Bears have 17 of them. Practice squad, I think, is still at is it still at 12? I forget, but if what the rules are. So if you can have all these guys part of your practice squad, that's a win for for the organization because it's a big changeover right now. You know, these are Ryan Poles' guys. You know, there'll be some guys you know that that may stick around, but for the most part, Ryan Poles. Matt Eberflus, this is going to be their guy, their culture coming in here. So, and then as far as the the, the guys that, that came in like this for for the old line, the Bears only got one guy as UDFA. But you said four rookies. It's going to be tough for this guy to make the uh, active roster. Let's, let's keep moving on. Though, and the Bears, we're going to go to it. wide receivers next. Liberty's Kevin Shaw, five ten, uh, one sixty six. What, what, what's the deal with uh, with, with with Shaw here? Yeah, so obviously the he's a smaller receiver. I think he's a guy who projects uh, solely in the slot for that reason. He didn't test super well from an agility perspective, but speed is the name of the game for him, and that shows up on tape. I mean, Liberty was able to stretch the field well with Malik Willis, and Shaw was one of the guys that he was able to do that with. Uh, again, I don't know necessarily from a physical perspective if – the play strength is going to translate to the NFL. I have concerns about that with him. Uh, yeah, And just in general, whenever you have one of those guys, it's like, okay, they have athleticism, but how much of it is athleticism compared to the competition at a yeah. smaller school? Small school, yeah. Yeah, so 
I don't put as much stock into that as, you know, maybe some other people, but it's still something to keep in mind. I think that the ceiling's probably a practice squad guy with him. Uh, again, when, you know, I say this, I'd love for everyone to make the team and be, you know, a contributor, but you know, that's not realistic in the grand scheme of things. So I, I think Shaw has a tough uh, route to the active roster, but I think from his speed alone, he's got some, uh, he's got something to work with uh, as a developmental guy. Is this another guy that has some some ability as as a punt returner, or kick returner? Uh, I don't think he returned all that much in college, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think he could translate there well. I think he's athletic enough yeah. to do so. Uh, but I think that in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's something that he's going to have to work into his game, and that, that's an interesting part of this draft analysis is that. There are some guys who play a bigger role on a smaller school. Uh, and I mean, Shaw didn't have like mind blowing production or anything, but he still played a decent role in the offense. And when you have one of those guys, then they can be a, a little bit uh, hesitant to give them considerable time on special teams. And that can come back to bite them down the line. But I think that's something that can be taught. All right. So next up, we got another small school guy from, from, Duquesne, that's a Cyrus Holder, another another wideout. Now, real quick, for for your for your draft guy, you scouted hundreds of prospects. I got to ask you honestly, did you scout Shaw or Holder prior to the uh, the Bears picking them? I did not. Uh, in terms of, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of guys. I mean, there's a ton <laughs> of guys. What did you do? Three hundred guys you scouted? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the exact number. It was over 400 though. I over, holy much. 400. That's yeah. Awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. So looking at it now, uh, there are, uh, at least for guys, there are some people I watched after I released my draft guide that I also watched before yeah. the draft. And, uh, actually Delance was one of those guys, uh, that I watched before the draft, but I didn't put in my draft guide. Uh, I want to say there were, four I think four guys that I watched that beforehand that the Bears signed as undrafted free agents which is more than normal for me yeah because usually it's like two or three and I feel so good about myself like oh I watch all these players (laughs) but then they sign a lot of undrafted guys I've never once heard of but that's the name of the game I mean that's the reason they do this for a living there are hundreds upon hundreds you know thousands of players even that are getting these NFL looks so uh, no, I did not watch Holder beforehand, but I've had the chance to uh, catch up with him, his game rather. Good size, uh, six yeah. three. The Bears list the mats. Yeah, no, definitely. I think size is a big thing with him. Uh, just an all around quality player who can, uh, like, he has that background in basketball, and I think that that shows up in how he competes at the catch point. Uh, tested very well too. Uh, he ran in the four fours at his pro day with, you know, good overall uh, agility, explosion, speed numbers. Again, I don't know necessarily how big of an impact he makes. I think, you know, he'll see a lot of time uh, near the end of in preseason games. But again, I think he's another guy going to be pushing more likely for a practice squad. Of course. Squad. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of these guys are going to be pushed for practice squad with the, with the, with the guys in this market, the, the UVFAs, you're looking for traits, right? You know, guys yeah. that like as, as receiver measurables or a guy that has just, you know, great route running, a guy that has great hands, you know, something that can translate where you have, okay, 
he does this thing really well. Let's mold him into a, into a guy. And that's this guy with Holdry said he has the measurables. A guy like uh, like the guy we'll talk about next, uh, Henry Litwin, slippery rock mm. wide receiver. I watched some of his film afterward because uh, EJ Snyder was watching him. And then I, I'm like, I got to check this guy out. And this guy is going to be one of the camp favorites. He's just a, a gritty, tough guy, right? Yeah. And I mean, I remember seeing uh, EJ drooling over him and I didn't yes. really know much. <laughs> I didn't really know a whole lot about him and then, you know, getting to dig into his, uh, his film and just who he is as a player. Uh, he's just so productive at slippery rock over the last couple of years. I mean, it's a very good. So I have it up right now, 221 career receptions, 3,392 yards and 42 touchdowns in four seasons. So that's averaging more than 10 touchdowns per year. Uh, just a really, really productive guy. I think you're looking at, okay, sure. He's not the most physically imposing. He's like around 5'10", like yeah. you know, a hair under 200 pounds. But he's got some talent, and I'm just going to say that. he's. <laughs> I, I know it sounds just so baseline and kind of borderline stupid, but he's, he's agile. He's agile. He's fast. He's quick coming out of his breaks. He just – he plays hard. He's got some, you know, like you said, got some grit to him. I'm really interested in seeing they brought in a handful of these wide receivers. I could see an availability for one of them on the on the active roster just because of what they have at receiver right now. They don't really have a lot of proven talent that could provide an opportunity. And I think Litwin has a solid enough chance uh, or as good a chance as anyone really uh, in terms of making it to the main roster. Well, the Bears did just sign uh, Tajay Sharp today just happened uh, about an uh, about an hour ago probably less than that so so yeah. so so he's a veteran that's in the mix obviously for roster spot but like you said three undrafted free agent wide receivers the bears are used to carry five or six on the, on the main roster and then on the practice squad they usually carry three or four wide outs so some of these guys might stick around so, so let's move on we're going to go to running backs now they bears have one running back and it was actually a switch because they had a different guy from ohio state yeah, at the camp, they cut him and they signed a tryout guy, which who is Demontre Tuggle from Ohio. What's the deal with with Tuggle? Yeah, and it's interesting you bring that up because Master Teague was another guy that I had watched, you know, well beforehand. Teague's Ohio on, State, yeah, from Ohio State. He's been on my radar for years now, and even not being the bona fide top guy, you know, he's shown some flashes. So I was admittedly shocked when they cut him, but. Uh, I think Tuggle's got some talent to him for sure. You're looking at someone maybe not the biggest, but he's pretty stout. I mean, he comes in, you know, a hair under 5'9", 200-something pounds. He's, you know, a thicker back. He's not going to blow you away from an athleticism perspective, but he's good enough in that regard. I think that he's just, you know, a quick, tough runner, uh, solid production at Ohio over the course of his collegiate career and I, I was watching – when I watched Ohio, I was focusing more on uh, Armani Rogers, who was there like a weird quarterback tight end hybrid, uh, you know, sort of in that role. Uh, and I was really enticed by him. So I, in focusing on him, I did get to see a bit of Tuggle leading up to the draft, and I liked what I saw. So I think it's going to be tough for him to make the roster just because, you know, you're bringing in uh, Treston Ebner as a draft pick to compete for that third string spot. You have Darrington Evans who already has all this experience and you already have Montgomery and Herbert on the roster as locks too. So it could be tough for him, but I mean, I think that 
he's got enough of a possibility to make it. I think that uh, we've seen running backs succeed for the bears in the preseason in the past. And I think that he's going to get a decent amount of touches down the stretch in the preseason. Again, we're talking about a guy that's, that could be a, a, a good guy in the practice squad. Cause again, if, if you carry four tailbacks on the main roster, you, you always have one or two on the practice squad. So I think Tuckle's a guy that stick around and watch a little bit of his film. And like you said, five, eight, two Oh six, you know, you, you look, you hear five, eight, oh, that's small, but then two Oh six, that's he's a, he's a stout runner. So that's, that's, yeah. that, 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 that's in his favor there, you know, and then the last position group on the offense here is a tight end. The bears got two of them, but real quick, the bears got rid of Jesper Horstead today. They had to wave him. With an injury designation, I know a lot of Bears fans were fired up to see Jesper Horstead, but with with Horstead now out, does that open up an opportunity for? We'll talk about first year Iowa State's Chase Allen. I definitely think so, and I mean, I think it's unfortunate with you know what ended up with Horstead because he's a, a solid enough football player. I think that some people tend to overrate him because they just like those come from the hair, the beautiful hair, the hair too. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. They just like those bigger characters, I guess, always endear to bears fans. But I think this is a good opportunity for chase Allen to crack the roster. He's someone that I had, uh, I didn't have a draftable grade on him, but I want to say he was like out of the guys I had an undrafted grade on. He was in my top five. So he's one of the premier undrafted free agents that I had available and the bears ended up getting him. So I was, I was a fan of that. I think you're looking at someone he's big. He's like six, six. I want to say around two fifty. good athlete. And he's a really good blocker too, at least in my opinion, because Iowa state ran a lot of uh, two tight end sets. They'd have Charlie Kohler who got drafted uh, to the Ravens. I don't, I think it was the fourth round. Uh, don't quote me on that, but he got drafted and then Chase Allen also got a handful of opportunities as more of the traditional Y inline type of tight end. I think he's more in that role of a backup to Cole Komet in the grand scheme of things, but solid enough athlete, maybe a little stiff as a route runner, but he's got upside in the red zone. Uh, he's physical plays with a hard edge is a run blocker. I, I think there's a lot to like with him. So is he the type of guy I can see as a, you know, an active roster like a likelihood, maybe, I don't know. Cause you still have, uh, you still have some veterans behind Cole Komet there. So it's not like yeah. you're totally devoid of talent, but at the end of the day, would you rather have a, like a Ryan Griffin or a James O'Shaughnessy where you know what you have with them? Or would you rather have a Chase Allen who sure isn't proven necessarily, but I believe he has a higher ceiling than both of them. So uh, I think that's going to be something to look forward to these next couple months, uh, just to see how Allen's able to differentiate himself from the rest of the pack. You mentioned Komet is a lock to be the starting Y, which is the guy that's the inline tight end. But I, I got a feeling the Bears still feel Komet, just based on you know who he is and what he's done as far as his athleticism. I think they can kind of sneak him around the offense a little bit, and, and I'm not going to say he's going to play your your you role, but I think they may move around a little bit and try and take advantage of some mismatches if possible, which, which could open the door for some of the other guys to step in. You mentioned uh, the other two, the, the, the vet tight ends they signed. Yeah. Neither one of those guys project to a classic uh, move tight end. And then Allen, again, another guy that, that you kind of projects to more of an inline. And then the other undrafted phrasing they got is from Cal. That's Jake, Jake, is it Tongus or Tongus? I've been saying Tongus. 
But I, I've got to go with you. So does this guy project more to a move tight end or is he more of a, an inline guy? Uh, I think he's a bit more of a move tight end. Uh, he's for tight end, you know, from a tight end perspective, he's like 240. So yeah. he's a bit smaller in that regard. He, he's a good athlete though. And he didn't really get too much of a, a chance to prove it at Cal uh, and watching Chase Garbers, uh, the quarterback out of Cal who signed, I don't remember where as an undrafted free agent, but uh, I did get to see a little bit of Tongas or whatever, however you pronounce his name, which I feel bad that I'm butchering. That we'll learn their names for sure. Probably around uh, July-ish. Is yeah. My yeah. Guess. Give it, that, give that's you, a lot for it. us to learn here in, in a month. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of new information, but yeah, I think he's, he projects well as a move tight end. He's a good enough athlete, you know, solid straight line speed, a guy who can run the crosser pretty well. So Again, I, I have a higher grade on Allen in the grand scheme of things, so I think he's more of the favorite. But I think that Tongas, Tonjas, you know, whatever, I think he has the upper hand in that he plays the U, or at least projects better to the U. Uh, and because of that, not too many other guys on the roster have that ability. So we'll see. Again, he's another guy I think is going to get some solid snaps uh, in the preseason down the stretch. Yeah, well, the book like said the Bears did cut Horstead, and they ended up picking up a guy from the Giants who his name is. I'm looking up again now here. It's uh, uh, Rice and John, and he is a converted wide receiver. So right now, looking at the roster, he's probably the only classic move tight end in the roster. So yeah, know, there's, there could be a chance here for for some of these other guys to to, to make an impression once uh, once camp gets going here. So that's the offensive players. So I'm gonna take a quick commercial break for the podcast and then we'll jump right back into it with the defense. All right. And we are back. This is T formation conversation. I am joined by Jacob Infante, Windy city Grand lead draft line. So we have been running through the undrafted free agent class of the Chicago bears for the 2022 season. We just wrapped up all of the offensive players. We're now going to jump over to defense. We're going to start out in the defensive line. And that is Micah do treadway. Minnesota, 6'4", 308. Just by size alone, you figure he's probably a guy that's going to be uh, more of the nose guy, or does he have the speed to play some of that three technique? I think he's more of an inside guy, like a true nose tackle, one tech type of guy. Uh, you know, he's got good size for a defensive tackle, uh, you know, a thicker frame, but he didn't test necessarily super well. And, you know, going through college, his pass rushing ability wasn't all that great. I do think he has a little bit of an uphill battle just because of the fact that he's he played seven seasons of college football and none of them necessarily stood out all that much from a production perspective. But size is there. The strengths there. I think that he could compete. And the thing with defensive linemen is I feel like – I correct me if I'm wrong on this. I feel like there are some instances where some of those uh, athletic outliers can still come in and – make the league and be around for a while, even if they're not the biggest or the fastest, which do Treadway's big and he's strong. So he's got that going for him. And he's a, a local Chicago guy, you know, going to a Bolingbroke for high school. But, oh, nice. But, which, which I, you know, I think it's pretty cool. It's always nice yeah, to see, you know, wherever they bring in local guys just to see, Oh, you know, I know where that is, but yeah, no, I think it, it'll be tougher for him. Again, I think practice squad is, most likely for him if he you know sticks within the organization but i'm saying that as someone who's not super familiar with his game itself but 
uh, from the little bit I've been able to gather, I think, you know, he's more of a no true nose type of guy. Yeah. I mean, the bears have a pretty, pretty good defensive line rotation right now with the vets they have here. They, you know, they brought in some younger guys as well. So, you know, it's, it should be fun to see the camp battle, you know, and, and again, we're talking about practice squad guys and, you know, this is a guy that probably could stick there. And another guy that has a good chance at the practice squad because the bears, their edge depth, has been bolstered pretty good during the offseason. And that's Northern Arizona's Carson Taylor, who was a tryout guy, and he impressed so much that the Bears decided to sign him to it to, to the deal. So what's the deal with Carson Taylor? Yeah, so Carson Taylor is actually a guy that I've been on since like early April, a couple weeks in there before the draft I got introduced. And I started watching his tape, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I see something there with him. And he was productive at Northern Arizona, Big Sky, I believe it is, one of their better – uh, defensive players this past year he's explosive I will say that his first step is really good and he's able to turn the corner effectively he's got a, a nice uh, spin move in his arsenal I think that from a pure pass rushing perspective he's got a lot to look forward to uh, you know a little bit smaller you know at least for a guy who's going to have his hand in the dirt around like six six three six four two forty one uh, so he's a bit smaller and I think he could stand to add a little bit more into his anchor and work on his ability to set the edge in the run game. But I think as a pure pass rusher, as someone who's got that quickness, who's got that burst and for what it's worth, he ran a four, five, nine, 40 yard dash, but he did that in a blizzard. So out, outright he, when he had the chance to do that at his pro day, I think he runs even faster than that. Uh, in wait, real- wait, 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 where the hell was this pro day? He's from Northern Arizona. Did he do it somewhere else? I'm trying to remember. Or is Northern Arizona? I mean, it's, I guess it's Northern Arizona. Maybe it's uh, chilly am, up there. I'm trying to remember because I, I saw the video of it. I don't think I remember making out exactly where it was. So I want to find this out. That's crazy. I, I got to find the video. It's at, <laughs> no, I found it. So Northern Arizona, it was snowing there March 10th. Okay. I guess That's so. The pro day itself. And, yeah, Carson Taylor running in the snow. So, I mean. Dedication right there. That That's a Chicago guy. He's doing <laughs> it in fair weather already. Exactly. He, he's already used to it. So, I, awesome. I think fans are going to be uh, interested in what they see with him in the preseason. Nice. So, this next guy is a lot of Bears fans like this pickup. Um, Big Ten guy, Wisconsin, uh, inside linebacker Jack Sanborn. In the bear scheme, my guess is he may project to that Sam. Is, is that where Jack Sanborn looks like he's going to be playing? Uh, I, I'd say Sam or Mike. I think okay. that maybe not necessarily the most explosive guy out there. That was my knock on him is that, okay, maybe his agility isn't all that great. He's more of a two-down type of guy. But I think he – I thought he should have gotten drafted. He was – I had a fifth-round grade on him just because of how reliable he was – Uh, as a tackler in his time uh, over the course of his career. He's someone who uh, just a very good, you know, a form tackler, someone who's intelligent processes very well at the second level, Uh, not afraid to be a true downhill thumper. And I think he's one of the better blitzing linebackers in this class. Just his willingness to engage in contact near the line of scrimmage. is really impressive to me. So I definitely think Sam would be a really good fit for him. Uh, Mike as well, if you're looking for, you know, maybe they don't play Sam a whole lot if they have a lot of guys in the nickel. But every once in a while, if you want to trot someone out, I think Sanborn would be a really good fit. He's someone that, honestly, I'm expecting to make the roster. I'm a, If there's any undrafted guy to make the team, I think it's going to be Sanborn. Just that's your guy. Okay. That's my guy. Just because, I mean, one, because of the pre-draft value that I had on him. So kind of sticking to my morals there. But 
at the same time, someone who is entering a situation where the depth at linebacker maybe isn't great because you have a bunch of guys like they've been in the league, like a, you know, a Matt Adams or uh, Noah Dawkins, Joe Thomas, what have you, they've been in the league before, but they don't have like these extensive resumes per se. So I think that if Sanborn really impresses in camp and uh, over the course of preseason, I think he's got a chance to make the team. You know, when I was in all those mock draft simulations, you know, Jack Sanborn was always a guy that was was good value there on day three, like around five or six. So, so I actually did watch some film on him, and and like you, I I like what I saw from Sanborn. I think he does have a good chance to make the active roster. And like you mentioned, the, the guys, the Bears, they did they did a lot of work at linebacker, but a lot of it, be, uh, besides you know what what they brought in the start from the Raiders, uh, like you said, uh, Joe Thomas. You know, uh, some of these guys are more like fringe guys, special teams guys. Yeah. So if Sam work can kind of make that transition, I think he has a good chance to stick. Uh, the Bears actually have two other linebackers. Uh, first, let's talk about Ball State's Christian Albright, 6'2", 239. This is another uh, Mike, Sam kind of guy. Yeah, I think so. So interestingly enough, uh, he's a guy who rushed off the edge a bit in his time in college. Uh, he's just generally pretty productive uh, as I'm pulling up the exact stats here. So in his time at Ball State, he had 34 tackles for a loss in those five years and 15 sacks. So he, he brings a bit more production behind the line of scrimmage than you'd expect for a normal off-ball linebacker. He's got some good explosiveness to him. Uh, I think his playing weight, if I'm not mistaken, was a little bit smaller than that. Uh, but I, I still see good explosiveness, You know, good versatility. I think he'd be a good Sam. Uh, long arms too, so he's got that going for him. I, I like him a lot as a practice squad type of guy. I don't think he's going to make the active roster itself, but I think someone who can rush the passer, someone who can play up closer near the line of scrimmage and still has that athleticism to move around in space, I think that's an enticing skill set. So obviously we'll see what happens. He was a bit of a later add, but uh, I think he's someone who can maybe turn some heads. Yeah, I mean the Bears making that transition from the the three four to the four three. A lot of times you see these guys that play to play the outside. You know, come out of college, a lot of them do rush the passer. You yeah. know, so so as looking at a four three defense, we see okay, you don't need that guy necessarily, but that's not to say the guy can't add that. I mean, if he brings that kind of value to the team, that just adds you know more reason for them to stick him around. You know, more reason to try and work with him and and really get his skills to the point where they can they can utilize him on Sundays. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think it's just versatility is the, the name of the game when you're one of those fringe guys on the roster. Uh, so if you can step in and found special teams and serve in a lot of different roles on the defense, uh, if you're a defensive player, then that's that, that's going to be huge. So I think that's something Albright has going for him uh, as we head into the summer here. All right, next day we got is Louisville's linebacker, C.J. Avery. The Bears list him at six foot. 230 pounds so that's like a, a nice bowling ball kind of guy just got the power right <laughs> yeah exactly he's one of the like those stouter guys he doesn't have like great length to him or anything but he, you know he's got he's a stocky frame so i always like those guys who are they're smaller but they still have some bulk to them so it's not like they're totally outclassed out there just very very productive is what i say about cj avery just over the course of his collegiate career he was a four-year starter uh, 349 total tackles in that span. Uh, maybe not an elite athlete, but he's shown some promise. Uh, I think he's got some nice uh, short area quickness. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has some uh, experience dropping back as a safety. 
So I, I'd have to go back and check on that, but he's, he's got some tools and I think that, you know, sure. He's not the biggest guy out there. He's not the fastest, but he's got some value in coverage. He's a good tackling linebacker knows how to get to the ball and wrap up and bring down the ball carrier. And that's what you want at the end of the day. So, you know, I think that maybe not as high of a chance to make the team as Sanborn or even Christian Albright, but I think that Avery is going to be able to compete pretty hard and I'd like to see what he can do on special teams too. You know, you mentioned the coverage aspect and, and that, that's going to go in, along with what we're going to talk about next with the corners and safeties, but the coverage for the bear scheme, it's going to be mostly zone based. So yeah. a lot of times you don't need the elite speed, the, the elite agility from an, from an athlete here. You need someone that's smart. They understand their keys. They, they understand uh, uh, route running and they can have that football intelligence kind of translate over to help, help them play that zone a lot better. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, when I'm, when I'm watching tape and even breaking into a little bit of these 2023 guys, I can watch players and say, okay, wow, this is a really good athlete, but I don't know if they know what they're doing on a consistent basis. Yeah. And I feel like honestly, like man coverage has instances where you have to be able to identify things, no doubt, but in zone, you really have to be able to read, okay, you know, when do I, you know, play off of this receiver a little bit where, you know, how do I, fully execute my spot uh, and be able to determine, all right, should I go towards this receiver who's open or what do I do here? So it's, 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 it can be confusing at times for a lot of these younger prospects. So, uh, but I I think that that shouldn't be a case with a lot of the guys, the bears have brought in. They're just some quality, you know, intelligent football players. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And you mentioned you're already looking at 2023 film, right? Yes. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no rest for Jacob Infante. I, I realized, I noticed you have a, uh, a wide receiver article coming out tomorrow morning at, at WCG. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I just went pretty quick with that. Uh, so I'm like, all right, you know, people, some people have shown some interest and I always think it's fun in those early stages of the draft yeah. where I don't know much about any of these players. I'm going into it with very little you know, bias of what other people think. This is just purely off of my gut, purely off of not what I'm hearing from other people. And that's, I think, the purest form of being able to scout, which uh, it, it, it becomes a lot tougher down the stretch where if you're high on a guy and you hear someone say, oh, I don't, I don't think they're going to go first round. I think we're looking at a day two, day three type of guy. Then that gets in your head and I'm like, wait, am I wrong on this? But this is the fun part where the ignorance is bliss. You just do whatever you want. So uh, I'm doing it at a pretty leisurely pace, but I'm just, I'm enjoying it. So a lot of receivers I broke down just to be able to catch up on what some of the guys, the bears might target. The draft is a 12 month a year process. And I know there's a lot of fans that are more casual football fans. They don't realize it. People love draft content. They love it all year long. Oh yeah. I mean the, the page views, the podcast listens, it's like people love it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Because you know the Bears have a, have an actual season coming up, but people want to know what's going on with the with the with the wideouts. So let's let's move yeah. on here real quick. We'll go to the defensive back. We're going to start with Jalen Jones, cornerback from Ole Miss, and, and on the Bears uh, the Bears sheet there, he's listed at 5'11", 190. What, what can you give us about uh, Jalen Jones? Yeah, so part of me hopes that he doesn't make the team just for the pure perspective of having, you know, these Chicago radio callers mixing up him and Jalen Johnson all All the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just for that alone, but he's an athletic guy. He hasn't had the best production at the collegiate level, 
because uh, he had two season-ending injuries in his collegiate career. So you know, he stuck around for six years in college, but tested very well. 4-4, 140-yard dash. That's 90th percentile for a corner. Uh, very good agility drills, and I think that shows up on tape. He's a little bit of a smaller corner. He's not shrimpy by any means, but he's not the biggest guy there by you know any stretch of the imagination. So I think with him, you're looking a lot at the athletic upside, and he has some experience as a kick returner too because he has two kick returns for touchdowns to his credit. So as the Bears are looking for someone to long-term replace Tariq Cohen, to replace Jakeem Grant, uh, I think Jones is going to have, or at least he should have his fair share just because of that experience. Nice. So this next hour, we're talk about also a cornerback from Missouri. So I hope you have some, some, some good details on <laughs> Allie Green, six foot three, 230 corner. That's a pretty big cornerback, right? Absolutely. And I remember watching both Allie Green and Caleb Evans when they transferred both of them from Tulsa, both of them went to Missouri both of them were on my radar heading into the season, and I like both of them. And Evans, I feel like, was able to step into a bigger role and really build off of that year and solidify himself as a really good corner. Allie Green, I think, for one reason or another, didn't really do a whole lot in 2021 from a zoo. But you go back and watch, especially the 2020 tape at Tulsa, that's really good. And he's a big guy, 6'3", long arms, physical very good press corner. I think that he's the type of guy with those long arms, with that willingness, that physicality. He can really uh, compete with receivers, with hand fighting through their stems and really try and knock them off balance. I think that's the strength in his game. And I think he's a pretty good tackler too. I, when I watch him, I'm impressed with his ability to wrap up. And it helps being bigger than most corners and bigger than most ball carriers at 6'3". So Green's, in my opinion, a better tackler than most of the corners you see in this class he's someone that I don't remember if I had a draftable grade on him I think it was fringe like round seven undrafted I don't expect him to make the team but you know me being a Mizzou fan part of me has that little bit of bias that I'm kind of rooting for him uh I like what I've seen from him though I think he deserves a fair shot and there's generally more upside that I think hasn't been tapped into with Green. Well, you mentioned he's physical, which the Bears need in this scheme. And speaking of scheme, you said he was a little better in his Tulsa tape. Is there a different scheme that he was running when he, when he, when he went to Missouri? It wasn't necessarily a wildly different scheme. And, and that's the thing that's a bit uh, wild to me. So, and I think that Green has, you know, he has some deficiencies in zone coverage just because, I mean, he's pretty sound from an intellect perspective, but from a fluidity, he can be for a little fluidity perspective. He can be a little bit stiff, and I think that that might have been something that Mizzou was a little bit wary of. Uh, they're like, okay, we realize that Caleb's better in zone, and they have a handful of other really good corners uh, that you're probably going to be hearing more about down the stretch. Uh, Chris Abrams, Drain, uh, Ennis Rakestraw, some guys I think could get NFL looks, but and those guys are better in zone than Allie Green was. So I think that. Uh, with a lot of defenses trying to trend more towards that zone than Superman heavy all the time, or at least that's the case in Missouri, in my opinion, Uh, then he he got lost in the the shuffle a little bit. But generally I think that there was, there's still lots of like with his game. And I still think that there's some tools that he has that can project to long-term success. I mean, that's zone. I mean, that's zone is, is all it's like I said, we talked about earlier. It's, it's, 
if you're not, if you don't have a lot, 100% confidence in what you're seeing and what you're doing, yeah, you play a little slower. So I think, you know, more experience, you know, once he's in the system longer, with all these guys we're talking about here in defense, you know, once they get the scheme down, they understand things better. They have like a whole season in the NFL and the practice squad, you know, then those guys may pop in 2023 for the Bears. Yeah. yeah and I think that that's something to watch going forward with this team is it's not just a 2022 thing. It's a major work in progress. Yeah. Ryan Poles knew that when he inherited this team, he's building this for the long run. It's not just for this year. So there might be players that you see on the practice squad that make the active roster in 2023 that you just continue to develop and develop and just work at these guys. So I think that's certainly a possibility. Uh, like I mentioned, I think green has a lot of physical tools that he brings to the table physical guy he's you know uses his hands well decent enough ball skills maybe not like a ball hawk by any means but i still think that he's he's sticky enough in coverage so i'm interested in seeing what happens with him you know now that he's in chicago plus he has safety size so that's what you hear a lot of times about a guy at a corner if he's physical and he has that size it's possible down the road to come make a make a change and then speaking of safety the bears got a couple safeties here as well as udfas western michigan's aj thomas 6'2", 214. What's the deal with A.J. Thomas? Yeah, so with A.J. Thomas, he's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, someone who can line up, at least in my opinion. He can line up as a true safety, you know, single high, two high, uh, underneath, center fielder role, slot, box, rushing off the edge in some instances. He's a bigger guy, you know, 6'2", 214. That's big for a safety. Good tackler, maybe not the best ball production, but he's not bad in that stretch by any means. I think motor stands out with him. Just a hard guy who plays hard. I could definitely see why Eberflus in particular, uh, just this bears regime likes AJ Thomas enough to bring him in as an undrafted guy, because he fits a lot of what the bears want in a defender. And he, there wasn't a whole lot on him heading into the draft. Like there's nothing. I went back and checked. There's nothing in terms of his, uh, relative athletic scores. There's nothing uh, very little about his, just his presence, I guess, in the draft community. And then going back and looking at him and saying, you know, there are some guys on Western Michigan, they're legit dudes getting looks. Why didn't he get more looks? And that's something that uh, I found myself asking. So I'm intrigued to see what happens at the bear safety position. I think it's going to be uh, Brisker and Eddie Jackson to start most certainly, but you also have DeAndre Houston Carson, Dane Crookshank, and then now bringing in Elijah Hicks, the seventh-round pick. You have A.J. Thomas there, uh, and then you don't know if you're going to be bringing in other guys. They signed another safety that we're going to get to. But, uh, yeah, I- I'm intrigued. I think there's they could carry five safeties uh, who the, if they bring in that fifth guy. I genuinely don't know who it's going to be. This secondary has really changed from what we had a, a year ago as Bears fans, what we're looking at now, you know, the, the, the two draft picks, obviously, but then the free agency, they did a little bit of work in free agency, but, but those, those two second round draft picks just ties everything together. And you're like, man, this, this unit could really surprise next season. Oh yeah. It's a lot better now than it was heading into this off season. And <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'll admit I wasn't a huge, like I didn't hate, either of the Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker picks, because I was able to look at They were surprising. Very surprising. They were surprising. I'm like, okay, these aren't bad picks. These are really good players. They're bringing in positions in need. 
I was just so sure they were going to go receiver with one of those picks or offensive line with one of those picks. So now that the shock for that has worn off a little bit, I'm very excited about the Bears secondary. I think you've got two legit studs who can start for long, in the long run. So I'm, very, again, very excited to see what happens when you have that youth uh, tagging along with Jalen Johnson, along with Eddie Jackson, to see if he's able to uh, bounce back from a production perspective. So uh, very intriguing, to say the least. And then the last safety we're going to talk about here is Charlotte's. John Alexander, 6'2", 217. Another guy guys can, got some, some heft to himself here. Is, is this another uh, guy that could be in the mix here for a practice squad spot? Yeah, I believe so. I think that he's a, you know, a bigger safety. He's someone He's like 6'2", 217. Another hard hitter, uh, another physical type of guy. Uh, I, I actually I did pull it up beforehand. John Alexander benched uh, had 21 bench press reps as a safety, so that's you know, that rounds up That's to really the 90th percentile for uh, for a safety. So he's got that going for him just generally uh, had playing time at Kansas State earlier in his career uh, and stepped in at Charlotte, you know, this past season and was, you know, a really good player. Uh, second team all-conference USA. So there, there's something there. I think he's another guy along with A.J. Thomas. You can bring in these, you know, these uh, group of five safeties and just stack stack up on dudes to compete for that last roster spot. So he's someone I think will have an opportunity. I think he offers a lot of value on special teams as well. I mean, that's, that's a key. A lot of these guys, the biggest flash on special teams, you know, like we saw last year with uh, Caleb Johnson, undrafted rookie for the bears, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. And part of that was because he was so adept at, at, at what he did in the third phase. That's why he made the roster come out of camp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's something, to, like you mentioned, that's just so huge, especially for rookies who aren't expected to contribute a lot on offense or defense early on. If they can perform on special teams and just really solidify themselves in that regard, I think that that's massive. So uh, I, I 100% agree. I think special teams is going to be the key for a lot of these guys we're talking about to really step in and take the opportunity they've been given. It's going to be key for this last guy we're talking about here, and that is long snapper Antonio Ortiz from TCU. Now, I know you went to watch some long snapper film, right? <laughs> I, uh, I did watch. Oh, um, I knew you did, I man. Did You're such a pro, snapper. Jacob. I appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to – I can't even lie. I did watch a couple long snappers, and Ortiz wasn't one of them that I watched beforehand. I admittedly just watched the two senior bowl guys because I yeah. try and go in every year and I look for the senior bowl guys and I watch every single one of them that are going to be down there just so I have a baseline to go off of. And with, with Ortiz though, he's someone who he was at the NFL PA collegiate bowl. So he's been in the NFL on the radar for quite some time. He's a, you know, a four year starter for TCU in that regard. Uh, a bigger guy for a long snapper, like six four two forty seven. That's a big long snapper. Like that's impressive linebacker size, borderline edge rusher size. So to have that as a linebacker, you know, even if he didn't test super well, which you know doesn't have a massive bearing for a long snapper anyway. Uh, I think he's someone who could maybe sneak in as a practice squad guy. I don't know how how uh, tied this Bears regime is to. Patrick Scales, considering that they didn't bring him in, he's been there for a long time, but 
maybe they want to bring in their own guys. So I could see Ortiz sneaking in. Well, Scales is a seven or eight year vet now. So, you know, we're talking long snapper. He's making the vet minimum. So if you do make a change there, if, if the skills are, are comparable and you, then you do want to make that change, you're not saving a ton of money, but you are saving a little bit of money. But like you said, with, you know, we're still kind of in the remnants of the pandemic and we have seen teams in the past carry a couple kickers, a couple punters, a couple long snappers possibly on the practice squad. So, so you may see them, them double dip in there, but if not, this is a guy that bears lab in camp, you know, he'll, he'll do stuff for, for the special teams, you know, during, during training camp, during mini camps, and then you keep his number on in the Rolodex in case something happens to Patrick scales. Totally. And I, I'm interested in seeing what they do with that. Cause I think that there's a legit chance that, they bring in whether it's a long snapper, whether it's another uh, punter, if they have, you know, Trenton Gill or Ryan Winslow, keep one of them on the practice squad. I'm expecting uh, at least one specialist to be there. It's just a matter of really who it's going to be. Nice. That's it, Jacob. You went through all the guys. You yeah. had, you watched film on everybody. So, yeah. uh, so, so, and I already mentioned you have tomorrow, you have coming up the, the wide out 2023, but you're also got a, I got a, a spot in the score coming up uh, today in about half an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. Chicago's eight, WSCR. Yeah, 820, 8.20 Central Time, I believe it is. So uh, for those of you watching live, uh, make sure to tune into that. But yeah, absolutely. I had a blast. Uh, I appreciate you having the chance to uh, like test my knowledge, I guess, on these <laughs> graphic guys. I uh, had to do a little bit of homework beforehand. I had a little bit of prep, but uh, I, I feel like you know generally it's nice to have an outlook of what these guys can bring to the table. Well. Bears fans love underdogs, and these oh. are these are our guys. These are our <laughs> our, our Tanner Gentry's, our our uh, Ryan Nall, Ladarius yeah. <laughs> Mack. These are the undrafted guys that we we, we want to cheer for, and, and and you know it's 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 a Midwest thing, it's a it's a it's a Chicago thing, yeah. you know. But some of these guys will be the guys that we're all looking at in preseason. And we're saying, oh my god, I cannot believe they cut Henry Litwin. How dare they? But you know, <laughs> and then they'll come back to practice squad, and we'll be all fine. So. Jacob, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, make sure you guys all follow Jacob Infante at Jacob Infante24. Uh, give us a follow uh, at Second City Gridiron as well. That is the, like I said, the video home to our to our podcast channel. Uh, if you're listening to this on the channel, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching us on the channel, subscribe there as well. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at WiltfongJR. And until next time, bear down, my friends. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.